everybody. I'm Lena. Say hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. We've been married for six years. No, it's not our first marriage. But hopefully it's our last. We're committed to making this one work. We will talk emotional baggage. Blended families. Love. Sex. Relationships. Life. We are here to help you with your baggage. So let's make sure that it fits in the overhead compartment. Because haven't we already paid enough? Life's too short to be weighed down by unchecked baggage. So sit back and enjoy the flight. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number nine of Unchecked Baggage. I'm Lena here with my husband, Rob, who is honestly the only man that could ever put up with me until death do us part. If you don't straighten up, death might be sooner than you think. (laughs) We're only 60 episodes away from my favorite episode. And also, you look very lovely tonight. Thank you. You are welcome. So do you. Very lovely. I'm sure I do. I just got off work. So do you want to tell everybody about our contest? We got to come up with a, a different contest. Yes. For now, here's our contest. So remember that we're doing a contest and we need each of you to help. Okay. So when we get to 100 downloads for our most recent episode, we would do a random drawing for anyone who has emailed us with a question or comment on the show or reviewed us on iTunes. If you don't have iTunes, review us on anything. Okay. I need, we need reviews. So here's what you do. Email us at unchecked at gmail.com with a relationship advice question, a topic that you would like us to cover on the show or commentary about how much you love or don't love the show. Also, you can comment on who do you think the star of the show is. Review us on iTunes. Give us five stars, please. Tell us, tell your friends to listen. The faster we get more listeners, the sooner we do the giveaway. So share us on social media. Once we get to 100 downloads for our most recent episode, we will make a video of us doing a drawing using a random number generator and post it. If you email us and review us on iTunes, you get added to the drawing twice. The only restriction is that our direct family cannot win, so our moms, dads, kids, etc., pets, need not apply. Thank you, babe. Also, don't forget about our drinking contest. Whenever I say a word incorrectly or a word that doesn't exist, everybody has to take a shot. All right. And I'd like to preface this episode by saying that we are not as prepared as we normally are. Normally we do a run through, sometimes two run throughs. Right. And we have not done a run through. So plus we didn't have our pre-show sexual encounter like we normally do either. (laughs) So yeah. So I'm a little frustrated right now. (laughs) This is going to just be off the cuff. So here we go. First off, we have a question that came in from a listener. Hmm. They said, how do you talk to your partner about wanting to have sex with her in a very uncomfortable position? Not the back seat of a Volkswagen, a.k.a. anal. Huh. Interesting question. Oh, also, I forgot to add that this episode is dedicated to Dr. Faulkner because without Dr. Faulkner, none of us would be here. So to get to the question... I think what you need to do is first you need to approach your partner about that. Like maybe ask if they've ever done it before or how they would feel about it or whatever. Now their first answer. Yeah, that's definitely not something you just spring on them. Well, you know, in the bedroom, you you gotta, you gotta like get consent. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't accidentally put it in the wrong hole. Okay. So they're probably going to say that's going to hurt or nothing go in there or whatever. So if that's, or maybe they've done it a hundred times before and you just don't know. Maybe their butthole's worn out. I don't know. 
Yeah, it could be. Maybe they're just tired of doing it. So one way to approach it would be maybe start small, you know, maybe like insert something small, like maybe your finger, work your way up, maybe a finger, then maybe a bigger finger, then maybe, I don't know, two fingers, maybe a gerbil. Oh! So you want to work your way up to kind of loosen it up a little bit, you know, lots of lube. And then they feel comfortable with all that, then spring the penis on them. I think the question's more about how do you even approach the subject? Just approach it. Just say, hey, I hear anal feels pretty good. What'd you think about us experimenting? Now, I think it's only fair that if you want to do anal on your partner, and if your partner's female, then you should let your female partner return the favor. You know, because if it doesn't hurt her, it's not going to hurt you either. So there. (laughs) So the person that sent this question... Maybe you should let her do anal on you first to prove it doesn't hurt. Then, if it doesn't hurt you, she'll be more open to letting you do it to her. That is some solid advice there, babe. Who was that question from anyway? Good job. I don't know if they want, they might want to remain anonymous. So Did they say they remain anonymous? No, but they didn't say they didn't. So okay. I'm not saying the name. Okay. Well, whoever it is, let your partner do anal on you first, then return the favor. All right. Good luck with that. So let's move on to the subject of this week's episode. Last weekend, I was talking to a friend of mine, a male who is divorced. You have a male friend I don't know about? You know about him. Hmm. He's had some pretty bad luck with women. And he was telling me how so many women that he's dated and the two that he married have been really financially dependent on him. And it seems like every woman that he meets within a couple of dates needs something from him that costs some money. Hmm. One woman needed him to get her car out of the impound. Another needed him to buy her groceries. He's got a never ending list of these things. And this was really actually surprising to me because I've never asked anybody for anything. And I couldn't imagine barely knowing someone and asking them for money for something. You asked me to pick my clothes up off the floor once. I mean, financially. Oh, okay. I didn't understand what you said. Sorry. Now, my friend seems to think that it's hard to find a woman nowadays that doesn't expect you to pretty much immediately financially support her in some way. So uh, I don't think that's true. Well, today's episode is all about gold diggers. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. So why does anybody care about the 49ers and the gold rush? This has nothing to do with relationships. That's not the type of gold digger that we're talking about, Rob. Oh, there's another kind of gold digger? Yes, there is. Hmm. Okay. Urban Dictionary says it's someone who only likes people because of how much money they have or because of the items that they own. And in Oxford languages, it says a person who forms relationships with others purely to extract money from them. In particular, a woman who strives to marry a wealthy man. Hmm. So I wanted to explore this subject and see how prevalent this really is. Do some research on it because I just have a really hard time thinking that most people you run into to date are just going to want your money. You're always doing research, babe. I know. What'd you find out? That's what I do. Okay. So an article at roundabouttheater.org gives a bit of history on the term. So I thought first we'd dig into what is a gold digger and where did that term come from? Okay. It says that the phrase gold digger actually comes from a play called The Gold Diggers that played on Broadway in 1919. And basically it showed sexy young women seducing and outsmarting these rich old men. 
And this play was pretty sympathetic to the women, but it spawned the whole trope of superficial women that just wanted to marry men for their money throughout storylines in the 20s. But then in the early 30s, it actually turned around and the women outsmarting the rich businessmen were portrayed as the heroines of the stories. By that point, people were seeing rich businessmen as villains because of the onset of the Great Depression. But then in Hollywood, quote, heightened censorship led filmmakers to revert back to storylines in which gold digging women who broke the moral code were punished rather than glorified. With some exceptions, the films in the late 1930s largely condemned gold diggers, an attitude that pervaded American culture and even led some cities to adopt actual laws prohibiting gold digging behavior, end quote. Basically, ever since then, the term gold digger has had a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. So if you do search or searches online for the term gold digger, you're going to see all sorts of results like 10 gold digger celebrities or history's 40 greediest gold diggers or how to spot a gold digger or seven signs that your partner is a gold digger. I got a couple of those wrong. I think you guys should drink. Uh That makes gold diggers sound really bad, right? But I found this one article that for me really kind of hits the nail on the head and it's called gold diggers aren't real. You just hate women. So if I had to summarize the concept of this article, it's that men are not helpless victims and it's very normal for a woman to want to be with someone financially stable. You're being so quiet, babe. Keep going. All right. So typically you have a man that's looking for a relationship with a power imbalance so they can be with someone that they feel like won't leave them and or that will elevate their social status because they're with a hot young woman. We'll get to that reversal of that later because it doesn't always have to be a man with money and, and a woman that's seducing them. But And we also have to remember that historically women weren't even able to financially take care of themselves. It's a relatively new concept that the typical woman can even be financially dependent or independent. And we couldn't even open bank accounts in our own own names until the 60s. So 60 years ago, I couldn't have had a job that would support me financially or open my own bank account. And that's really not that long ago. So attitudes from our grandparents and parents are still instilled in the way that we think as a whole. And men are taught to be the providers and women are taught to to find someone that provides. And there are still a lot of people that want one parent, you know, and it's typically the mom to stay home and take care of the children. And that means the breadwinner needs to be fairly successful. So it makes sense that a lot of women want to find a partner that's financially stable. But in America, we usually like to villainize women. So it depends on what part of life the the so-called gold digger is in their relationship with the man, like the age difference and how many men does she have as her sugar daddy? If you have one, it might could be true love. If you have seven or eight, then that's probably just a gold digger. Mm-hmm. And some men have women on the side, but they're still married. And that person is their, what do they call them? Keeper? Kept, kept woman? A kept woman? Is that what it's called? One of, oh, the, the, the side piece? Side piece, kept woman <laughs> where he had, he gets an apartment and that, you know, like mobsters. Tony Soprano had kept women mm-hmm. where he paid for their apartment and that. So mm-hmm. to me too, that's a whole different story, but still go digger in the term that we're using it in right now. Yeah. And I mean, I guess my point of everything that I was saying is just that the term gold digger is out there, but I mean, I don't think there's not really that many people that are just looking for money. 
No, but there are some women who date people just for money, and they are. Well, there are some men yeah, that do that I know, too. I know it's not a bad thing to call somebody a gold digger if the, if she's a gold digger and he knows she's a gold digger and that's what he wants. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody wants to be called a gold digger, though. No, but they need to admit what the truth is. I think, just admit it. I think sugar baby nowadays is like something that people don't mind calling themselves. Yeah, now they just change the name because now you can't be offensive to anything. They have to keep giving everything a nice vanilla name. We don't hurt anybody's feelings, but that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Just admit it. Who cares? You've got that guy from high school that is such a douchebag and he's got what I would consider, I guess it would be considered a gold digger girlfriend, right? Yes. You want me to tell the story? You want to tell the story? No, you tell the story. It's your story, not mine. So I have a high school friend whose name will remain anonymous, but anybody that knows me on Facebook knows who I'm talking about. He's my age, and he is dating a woman who I believe is in the mid to late 20s that lives in a different country. I don't think mid to late. I think she's like early. Whatever. I'm going to say mid-20s. They only see each other on vacations. Like he pays for her to meet somewhere, and they meet somebody. They meet somewhere. They spend the three or four days together, and then they go separate ways. So to him, he has this great woman who is so hot and sexy that he normally wouldn't get. The only reason why he has her is because he's paying for her vacations, probably sending her money. He keeps saying that he calls her his fiance, but are they ready to get married? Who knows? He says she doesn't want to come to America and he doesn't want to go there, but it's okay to do that. That's fine. But whenever you start talking about how it's true love, and I can get any woman that I want because look at who I have here. You can get any woman you want if you're paying for it. You can't get any woman you want if it comes down to looks. If it was a contest of looks, like if I went to the bar and he went to the bar and nobody knew how much money we had, I would bring out more women than he would. Now, if you pull out his checkbook. Are you, are you trying to say that you're good looking, babe? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm not trying to say anything. <laughs> I'm just saying. If he pulls out his checkbook and starts paying it, yes. But I would rather earn the side piece with skill. You're looking for a side piece? Not that money. I'm hearing. <laughs> so anyway, yes, if you're going to have a side piece or if you're going to be a sugar daddy, you don't need to brag about how hot and sexy you are and how you can get any woman. Just admit the truth. You're paying for it. <laughs> That's okay? true. Yeah. Just yeah. just know that, I mean, it's It's, <laughs> it's, on, it's no like way. on the verge of... I hate to call it prostitution because technically it's not prostitution, but if you're paying for her to go on vacation with you, you're paying for her to go on vacation. She's obviously expecting you're going to want to have sex. So you're t- are you paying for sex or are you paying for her to go on vacation? I would just like to go on the record and say that I don't think there's anything wrong with prostitution. I know it's illegal, no. but I do think it should be legalized. So you're not going to hear any judgment from me about that. I've been with plenty of prostitutes. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> Just saying, it does have a negative connotation, but it's just a way around all that. Just here's some money. Let's have sex. Now it's like, here's some money. Here, go buy you some clothes. Let's go on vacation. Let's do this. But every time you do that, what's the payoff? Yeah. Sex. And you should just know, I mean, if that's the type of relationship that you're in, (laughs) that's the type of relationship that you're in. And it's fine. And those are the kinds of people that you're going to find. So with all that being said, if a person is in a position of financial stability, is it possible to be taken advantage of 
Well, yes, of, of course. Anybody can be taken advantage of, especially in today's environment of online dating. So easy for people to even remain anonymous and make people have feelings for them. So, Okay, there's a website called Seeking Arrangements. It's the world's largest sugar daddy dating site. They call it sugar dating, but although women are still a larger demographic, the number of millennial men seeking wealthy benefactors has grown 84% since 2014. Everybody needs to take a shot. That was millennial men that he was trying to say. What did I say? Millennial men. Also, out of the 5 million members on Seeking Arrangement, 460,000 are men. So roughly 12% of the people on that website are men. Huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So 12% men, 84% women. women. That doesn't add up. Okay, what I'm about just, the other? I guess there's. No, other. the benefactors, it's grown 84%. Oh, it's not okay, 84% okay, okay. women. So on average, male sugar babies receive about $1,500 a month in allowances and gifts. Okay. Women typically receive about twice that in monthly allowances and gifts. But the site says that's because there's less women on there to men. So there's more men. So that's why. There's more women to pick from, so that's why they can pay more. And I think, I mean, it also makes sense to me that actually men still do make more money than women on average. Mm -hmm. So if they're going to have a sugar baby, they would have more money to put into it than the typical woman would have. Right. So they call the man is the sugar daddy. Okay. Now they call them sugar babies. And if you're a woman, you're a sugar mommy. Okay. And there's about 17 to 1 males to women on that side. So that's why they, they don't make as much. Okay. Also, millennial men are more open about their female counterparts regarding these desires. Society is less likely to scrutinize males who partake in this trend when compared to women mm-hmm. because Patriarchy. they have penises. Yeah. Also, millennial men are also more likely to want to have a prenuptial agreement than males of other generations. 32% versus 25% of Gen X males and 17% of boomer males. So the younger generation wants prenups. I think that's because they've grown up with media saying that a lot. You know, like, make sure you get a prenup. They want to make sure they get get taken care of. It's almost like a a punchline or something, but it's something people nowadays I think are very aware of, whereas they probably weren't a long time ago. So they're saying that it's perhaps because more millennial men look at marriage as a financial or contractual arrangement as much as a romantic partnership. Like they're marrying somebody that can take care of them. Something doesn't work out. They still want to be taken care of. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So people are getting smarter, I think is what I'm hearing. Right. Also, you know where most male gold diggers are likely to live? Where? In the Reese region. In the what? In the in the West. Man, people are drunk. Son of a bitch. In the <laughs> West region of the country, probably California would be my guess because if you're a male gold digger, where are you going to go? Wait. Aren't they sugar babies? If, okay, if you're male, you sorry, if you're a male sugar baby, where do you think there's going to be plenty of rich women? Hollywood, California. Oh, so you okay. probably hang out there. You know, you're a waiter. When you say you're a waiter, technically, I'm an actor waiting to be found. You meet an older woman. Bam, bam, bam. Got it. Because in California, I bet you, you see a lot of older women with younger men and a lot of older men with younger women, especially L.A. Yeah, makes sense. I also found some more interesting information on an article from April of 2021. So this is very new, news9live.com. It said that 54% of gold diggers are actually millennial men. Did you already just say that? 
Did you just mm-hmm. okay. okay, okay. I was just making sure I'm not repeating the same information. See, obviously we didn't do a run through you guys. So those men are ages 25 to 40 years old. And gold digger women are more typically from the boomer generation. So some warning signs that you might have. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. So if women are typically from the boomer generation, they would be 50, 60, or 70. I didn't look that up, but that sounds about right. Right. Yeah. So how can a 50-year-old woman be a gold digger looking for an older man when she's already an older woman? I don't know. Maybe when they were younger, they were more likely to be gold Probably diggers. Probably the 80s. Yeah, maybe. Okay. okay. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look that part up. So mistake on my part for not researching further. That's okay. Are you trying to say that an older woman can't hook somebody with no, money? What I'm saying is no. I took that as that you said gold digger women are more typically from the boomer generation. That means they're looking for older men. So like if they're doing it now, they're already older women. They're looking for 90 year old men. And they're 60? They're looking for one foot in the grave, babe. Okay. That's fine. Okay. That makes sense, I guess, <laughs> I then. Yeah. All right. So here's some warning signs that you may have encountered a gold digger. They have no job. They always have an emergency. That's what my friend was talking about. He encounters these women all the time that always have some sort of emergency. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to do this for me because I don't have any money. They want you to splurge on things for quote unquote us like a TV, car, etc. They know your ATM pin, but can't remember important dates like your birthday. Yeah. They don't know anything about you, just your financial stuff. Exactly. Other warning signs from an article specifically about women protecting themselves from financial abuse of a partner. Uh, they say to look out for things like addiction, lack of household items, like if you go over to some guy's house and because this was a, an article talking about women, if you go over to a guy's house and he doesn't have things just like toilet paper, like if he's not responsible enough to just take care of the basics, then that's a definite warning sign. Also, serial unemployment, blaming others, too agreeable, too invested, too early, expecting you to pay, and emotional abuse. They suffer from emotional abuse or they are the emotional abuser? I think it meant that they were the emotional abuser. Hmm. If they emotionally abuse you, then they're probably more likely to take advantage of you. They got to be pretty good then if they're poor and they emotionally abuse you and you're giving them money. Mm-hmm. They're must probably be really probably, good at that. Probably pretty manipulative would hmm. be my guess. Probably big penis. Probably <laughs> like a jackhammer. Yeah. <laughs> So the woman's like, oh, I can do it just a little bit longer because of the good sex. And then after a while, it goes. It's, I mean, there's got to be something that draws you to the person to begin with. Right. So they they probably wouldn't have all of these. I mean, that would right. really suck if you found a drug addict that didn't have anything in his house. He was unemployed. He blames others for his problems. He wants to do everything you want to do. But he's also invested in the relationship too early and it expecting you to pay for everything. And it abuses you emotionally. I would think that would be one like, person. <laughs> Because if you're an, if you're an addict, you're probably going to sell all your household shit to buy drugs if you don't have a job. Maybe in between women, okay. there's got to be something something that that yeah. says, "Oh, I like this person." So, are there ways to protect yourself from being taken advantage of financially? Why, yes, yes, there is, and I did the research to tell you why or what you can do. Of course, you did. You can date people in the same financial position that you're in. It's not that hard. But they're going to be your age, though, aren't they? Don't you want to have some young stud on your arm? No. Or a young piece 
the young, nice, hot blonde on your arm when you're 75 years old and say, look what I got? If that is what you want, then that is what you're going to get. If you're 50 years old and you're dating somebody that's 20, you're going to get somebody that hasn't had a chance to become financially successful yet. But if you want to not be taken, I mean, if your goal is to not be taken advantage of, then date somebody that's in the same financial position that you're in. True. I was, (laughs) I was actually talking about this with one of the kids. I was just telling them, okay, so I found this research and I said, really, you just need to date people that are in the same financial position that you're in. And he was like, Oh, classism. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) No. I mean, if you're relatively financially successful, then you should probably be dating other people that are relatively financially successful so that you're not putting yourself in the position to be the one that always pays. Unless you're just, I mean, like, unless you're a person that, you know, just is completely generous and wants to pay for everything all the time. Well, then you're probably one of those people that are looking for a dynamic like that where things are imbalanced so that you can feel useful, mm-hmm. you know, so that the person won't leave you. I actually, I've been one of those people. So my first two husbands. You've been a sugar mama? No, I wouldn't call myself Lena a was sugar a sugar mama. mama. No. My first two husbands were not financially well off at all. And I was always the breadwinner. I don't think, I mean, my first husband, that whole thing turned out bad. I don't think he was with me for my money, but I mean, and not when I say my money, it's not like I I don't come from money. I just have a decent job. So it's, you know, it's not like we're talking like millions of dollars here, but uh, my second husband was definitely with me for the financial stability. And I look back on that relationship and I'm like, I was so stupid. I was just so stupid. I was with someone that was really literally with me for the money. Because he's a rebound. Yeah. That was so dumb. I'm with you for the money. No, you're not. Money in the titties, babe. Money in the titties. (laughs) I think a lot of people like to date people with less money because it makes them feel needed. And I think it also gives them a, there's like a power dynamic there where it's like, you know that you're needed. So the person's less likely to leave you. Yeah, yeah, I was in that same situation. My marriage, I was the main money winner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what you going to do? She ain't got no money. She ain't got no family. She ain't going to go anywhere. Yeah. I do whatever I want. Yeah. Want to cheat? I can cheat. I think, though, you eventually get to the point where it's like, I'd rather be with someone that wants to be with me because they love me mm-hmm. and desire me. Oh, she loved me. Rather than... Well, in my situation, it wasn't that. I, I got to the point where I'm like, I deserve better. It came to me after a while. It was more of a, I don't want to be alone at the time. So just like, okay, just keep it around for a while. Here's some money. Go buy some cigarettes, whatever, you know? Here. Ew. Yeah. So I know what it's like to be that, that part of it. Yeah. That's sad. So also, if someone asks for money before you ever meet them in person, you should definitely disengage. Mm-hmm. Red flag. There are a lot of people nowadays, of course, that meet online and these people are like professionals. They will actually get you emotionally invested before you ever meet in person. And so it's really important from what I was reading to try to move it to in person very quickly. 
a lot of the scammers get to know people online. They found out information about them and then attempt to get the person to form an emotional bond with them so that they'll be likely to help them financially. And if you move it to in-person really quickly, then they don't get the chance to put those hooks in you. And if they don't want to meet you in person, then that's a red mm-hmm. flag and you you get out of that. Because it's probably a guy from Africa, Prince Abdul. It could be somebody from, yeah. I mean, it's gonna, it's gotta be one of the scammers. Mm-hmm. If someone asks for money after you've only gone on a couple of dates, you also disengage because there's no reason for somebody that you just met to be asking you for money. That's just silly unless they're looking for someone to give them money. And so no matter how great you think you were on the date and how funny you were and how charming, mm-hmm. if they're asking you for money, they're wanting you for your money. Exactly. Exactly. Also, if you're dating someone significantly more attractive than you, then they might just be after your money. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes I'll see people who look like they don't belong together. And my first thought is he either has a lot of money or a huge cock. <laughs> I'm just never, going- they must really love each other. And I don't, that's probably wrong, but that's, that's what comes in my head when I see Big age difference or a beauty difference. I mean, that may sound really, that may sound a little bit shallow, shallow. but, but from what I'm, I've been reading and, you know, I do a lot of research. I mean, typically people usually are married to someone that is their same attractiveness level. Mm -hmm. And it usually is if you see two people and I know there are exceptions, obviously there are, but. Typically, if you see two people where one of them is really good looking and the other one's really bad looking, then there's something there other than just we met and were attracted to each other and fell in love. There is the exception of the hot chick rule. The hot chick rule is there's a hot chick at the dance. Okay. She's so hot that nobody will go up and ask her to dance because they're all afraid to be shot down. But then you have the one guy in the corner with pimples all over his face, thick glasses, Nerdy as can be, greasy hair, Hardy takes a shower, goes up to the girl and says, hey, you want to dance? And she's so caught off that somebody asked her to dance, they start dancing. That connection right there is something that gets started, and then they have an emotional connection, they end up together. So a lot of times, not very often, you can that could be the reason why they're together, because he was the one that asked her out. Nobody else would ask her out because she was too too good looking. The one person that had the balls to go ask her out, they connected and they stay together. That's not, that's rare. Yeah. But it does happen. Yeah, it does. I said there's an exception. You know, there are exceptions to the rules. So if you're an ugly guy who has a hot chick and that's the reason, <laughs> email us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if, let's see, keep first dates simple and cheap. That was really good advice. I read a whole article just on this. And all of our articles are going to be linked in the show notes. So if you want to go and read some of them yourselves, or that's fine. But yeah, keep the first days really simple and cheap. So if you're going to go on a date with someone and you're like, okay, I'm going to pay for this date because I'm the one that asked them to go out with me. Keep it simple. Go for coffee. Go for a lunch somewhere. Go to a museum. You know, you could do something active, but just something that's relatively inexpensive. Because if you start off just totally extravagant, mm-hmm. then they're going to expect that. And yeah. you want to know that they like you for you and not the cool places that you're going to take. And if they're them. asking a lot of questions about your job, okay, like 
where do you work, how long you've been there, what's your position. That's another way around the whole trying to guess how much money you make. Mm-hmm. So jobs should not even be discussed on the first date. Right. Because what difference does it make? Yeah. It doesn't make any difference where you work or where she works or whatever. It doesn't matter. And like you said, someplace easy, coffee, happy hour somewhere or lunch, because lunch is really cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, don't, if you have an expensive car, don't let her see your car. Don't dress like you have a lot of money. Just be as casual as possible. Yeah. If you, if you want to be sure that's not for money. Yeah. Just casual and down to earth. Now, if you want somebody to want you for your money, then you go the opposite. Right. You take them on a very extravagant date. Maybe even rent a limo. If you have a small penis, you probably <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> if you wait for the more extravagant dates after you've known someone for a while, then you know that they're actually wanting to get to know you as a person and not just go out with you because you can take them really expensive places. Mm-hmm. And in the early stages of a relationship, you should limit gift giving to inexpensive items that show your interest, but don't cost a lot. Get something that shows that you've been paying attention to what the other person says. So I know that a lot of our love languages are gift giving, but try to hold yourself back a little bit and do something that's thoughtful. If you need to give a gift early on in the relationship, do something thoughtful and inexpensive, not super extravagant. Right. And also notice if you're in a relationship where you're always giving and never receiving, there can be imbalances in any relationship. I never receive. <laughs> oh, never mind. That's something totally different. Sorry. <laughs> My mind was distracted about receiving. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Anyway, there can be imbalances in any relationship. But it's important to evaluate the giving and taking at each stage to make sure that you're comfortable with the dynamic. And so if you're, so let's say if you make $100,000 a year and you're dating someone that makes $20,000 a year, you can't reasonably expect them to be much of a financial contributor to dates or anything else in your life for that matter. And that's fine if you're both comfortable with that. But you want to make sure that there's still some sort of give and take in the relationship. Yeah, they can make you sandwiches. They can make you lunch if we're on a picnic. Like they can, even though they don't make as much money as you, they can still do stuff to show you that they like make you something mm-hmm. or, you know, or, st- stretch out something to make it last. Like here's some lunch I made. I'm, I'll make us there at my house. So you don't have to take me out and pay for it. Just stuff like that. Well, it's just as good. Yeah. They will definitely show you in some way that they care about you so that it's some sort of give and take, even if it's not financial. Maybe a happy ending. (laughs) The moral of the story is gold diggers aren't really a thing, in my opinion. Both sides are complicit in the dynamic, and it's very easy to not be taken advantage of financially if that's your goal. So give people a break that seem like they're, quote, unquote, using others for financial gain. Nobody can be used without their own consent. Yeah. So instead of gold diggers now, I guess we're supposed to say sugar babies, sugar mommies, sugar daddies. Like sugar babies is term for both male and female now. All of those terms creep me out a little bit. Well, that's what they're called. Sorry <laughs> if it creeps you out. Okay. Lots of things creep me out too, but I still say them. <laughs> okay. Ready for a joke? Yes. Did you hear about the gold digger who married a rich art collector? I did not. She was in it for the Monet. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you next week. Thank you all so much for listening to us. For relationship advice or to tell us how great we are, please email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com. 
We can also be found at uncheckedbaggage.co or on Facebook by searching at UnCheckedAF. Our Twitter handle is at UnCheckedBAGGA1 or search for UnCheckedAF on Instagram. Thank you to Jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art. And thanks to everyone for listening to Unchecked Baggage and check check your your baggage baggage at the the doors.